obviously one of the other big pieces of news that that I think we got to talk about is huge injury impact from that game. Um, and uh, we have to start with with Earl Thomas. So, Jeff, uh, given that you are wearing, I believe, an Earl Thomas jersey, yep. uh, uh, talk to us for a second about you know what your what thoughts were going through your head when you saw that that uh, injury happen. Just crazy that it happened in that stadium. The same stadium where Sherman went down. The same stadium where Chancellor's career ended. I was just heartbroken. Earl's my favorite Seahawk of all time. I was, I'm just, I just love watching him play, and it was just crushing to see him go down like that, and just the way it happened, and the whole middle finger thing. It was just for me, it was heartbreaking. He's not only my favorite player to watch, but just the way they, the Seahawks mismanaged the whole thing. It was just a sad ending, and I don't know. It's just. Every time we play in Arizona, it just seems like something like this keeps happening. Last year, there was that game. There was the Super Bowl. There's, uh, it's just that stadium's a nightmare. But yeah, I, I was just devastated. It's it's sad and just the the whole the way they mismanaged everything. That's all I kept thinking about. Just they wasted their best asset and trade chip and the team that's probably going nowhere. And to have him come off giving the middle finger, I, I can't disagree with what he was doing. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think that's necessarily the classiest move. Um, no, no. You know, but but understanding why he was doing it, empathizing with with what he was going through, I think I think it doesn't take a lot to to get there. At least I think if you if you if you value empathy at all, um, you know, Nathan, what is you know what? Let's assume for a second that this is the last game that Old Thomas plays as Seahawk. Um, where does he fit in, in Seahawks history? What kind of player um, does he – what has he meant to this franchise? I think he's probably right there with Walt um, and probably like – you can probably throw Tez and maybe Largent into that. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't know. It's really hard to, to – to wrap your head around it like it it's been a few days now but it's still like really soon like it's still hard to believe that we're never going to get to watch earl in a seahawk uniform again probably um but i mean he's been he's been huge he's been like i mean he's got to end up being maybe the best defensive player they've ever had um he was not just really good he was integral to everything that pete wants to do like he I mean, there's always the jokes that, you know, Richard Sherman's only good, only good because of Earl and Earl's only good because of, you know, Sherman and Browner and all that stuff. But like, you know, he really was kind of, a, I mean, he, he was a key guy. Like, uh, and it's just, it sucks that we're never going to get to see him play for the Seahawks again, probably. Like, um, there's no way to like spin this positively. It, it It's a bummer that it ended poorly. Like, I, I sympathize with him. I agree with him, but like, it sucks that this relationship is kind of in a bad place. Um, just time will heal that and all that. But uh, yeah, this one's, it's just a, it's just a bummer. It, it's, and it's a bummer emotionally and it's a bummer for the team, like on the field They're they're going to be significantly worse for this. Yeah, no doubt about that. And I don't know if you guys track with this, but I, I think there is some irony in that 
the reason that the team, you know, one of the reasons the team was uh, hesitant to give Earl a long-term deal was because of potential injury. And one of the reasons that Earl wanted a, a long-term deal was because of injury. And end of the day, the Seahawks are going to walk away with nothing, zero, uh, from this. And so Earl, from all the reports I've read, and physically, if, if it's this clean break and, you know, maybe he'll have a rod put in there, and he should be good to go by free agency next year. There's even some uh, case to be made that he's saved some wear and tear on his body by, by uh, just having this break, and he's already shown he can come back from this type of injury, and this is not as severe as the first. He still should be able to get a decent payday. It won't be as good. But it's really the Seahawks, ironically, that lose out for not, lack of a better phrase, crapping or getting off the pot. Like they they tried <laughs> they tried to shoot the kind of shoot the I don't know what the phrase is, but like they tried to hedge their bets. And end of the day, they ended up really screwing the franchise by doing that. Like they ended up screwing Earl and they ended up screwing the franchise. This idea that they were going to wait and see if they could beat the Rams before they would trade him. Like who fucking cares if you can beat the Rams? <laughs> I do, but I mean, I yeah, but like it's, it's, we're talking about <laughs> like, uh, we're talking about four years. We're talking about, you know, an extension for Earl, which is like three years, probably two or three years or a draft pick, which is four years. So I had people in my mentions like, well, you know, the better team doesn't always win or, you know, who knows what could happen. They could be right there in the running for the like who fucking cares if they can get lucky and beat the Rams once or if they can get they can go on a hot streak and they can like this isn't a Super Bowl team. And you you can't think about, well, let's see how we can do it. And first and beyond all that. If John Schneider can't figure out what he expects his team to do against the Rams this week. That dude should be fired. Like, it, it's not hard to figure out that, like, one of these teams is way worse than the other. And, yeah, maybe the Seahawks can be a plucky playoff team. Like, you know, anything's possible. But the idea that they weren't going to trade him because, well, let's just see how we do against the Rams is ridiculous. Is that real? Is that is that something that's being re- reported or is that something that fans are saying? It's been reported as a rumor. So it, it's coming from media people. Oh God, that is so transparent. That is the Seahawks uh, front office trying to f- save face in some way and say that. Why do the teams do this? If you're gonna save face, don't put it put it out there that you're. Uh, well, let's, we're gonna save face by telling everyone we're idiots. Like, how are you saving face? <laughs> exactly. Come on. Yeah. Right. It's been, oh my it's God. been a consistent problem for them. It, it's in a lot and just in business in general. Getting to the top is not the hardest thing. It's staying there and maintaining it and making tough decisions and being forward-thinking. And we talked about Pete and Shoddy, and this team isn't forward-thinking. Like, they had Sherman and Earl, and Sherman, if they traded him a year before, like, Bill Belichick is so good at this. He knows when to cut bait a year before the value crushes. They could have got a lot for Sherman that year when they first put him on the market. There were reports they were asking for two first-round picks, like they put her all in the market last year, for example. And now it comes out they just they've lost these Hall of Fame players in their prime for nothing. And this is gonna set the franchise back. And you have to know how do you move the group forward? And it, I don't know if they got too emotional. I don't know if they asked for too much, but 
this is just another symptom of a problem of them not being able to maintain a winning program. And just there was rumors that they could have got a lot for Sherman. I think after the 2016 year when he came out against Bevel and you, that all the stories start to come out. Now they end up Chancellor. They they're paying him not to play. Sherman's gone. They're paying probably some dead money for him. Earl, they're paying what 8.5 million to play four games. They're probably not going to get a comp pick for him. So, yeah, there. This is a massive bungle from the front office. We've talked about this multiple times, and this just was the exclamation point. Um, uh, you know, this is the the crap topping on the 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 shit cake they've been they've been uh, making for a, a while here. So it's for, it's 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 unfortunate. Um, but you know, when I look back, you know. Talking just about Earl, I mean, he deserves some more attention for a second and just what he's done, assuming this is his last game. You know, I'm interested in where you guys put him relative to all the other members of the Seahawks um, uh, roster that won that Super Bowl. So, you know, where is he relative to Russ, relative to Doug, relative to... Cam, Sherm, Bobby, like most value, Michael Bennett, like where is he in that? Is he number one? Is he number two? How far do you go down before you get to Earl? It's number two for me, I think. Who's number one? Russ. Quarterbacks are most important. Uh, but I mean, they, they, there's those stats like when when he's been out that they're they've gone from like a top five pass defense to or something like that right down to like a bottom five basically like it, it's night and day with him. Um, it's surprisingly tough to like try to rank those guys. Like I love all those guys, but um, I think if you're being really you know if you're just looking at like the value they brought the and like the production, um, I, I think it, Earl's got to be number two. How about you, Jeff? Yeah, if you're looking from just purely positional stand value, as Nathan's indicating, then he probably has to be behind Russell. But for me, just if you're looking at purely just like individual value, I would have him number one. And he doesn't play a position nearly as important as quarterback. But I just think Earl was like the true sense of like that all-American blue chip talent, just like the kind of rare player that just doesn't come around very often. Like high school superstar, 20-year-old starter in the NFL, second-year pro bowler. Like, this guy's a first-ballot Hall of Famer. Like, he's like an Ed Reed, Troy Polamalu mix in one. And those are two of the greatest defensive players of the last, like, 30 years. Guys like that just don't come around. They don't hit in year two and year one and take all. Like, when was the last time they've had anything close to Earl? And, yeah, they had so many good players, Sherman and Bobby and Bennett and Averill and Marshawn was one another one of these blue-chip mm-hmm. guys that, Mm-hmm. Even if you go through all the teams in the NFL, how many guys truly have like that blue chip, all American first round pick? Like even the team like the Vikings, who's loaded, they don't have a guy like that. Like the Rams have Gurley and Donald, but Sue and like Earl is that guy, and he's been great for eight years. And that's it. I, I'd have him the most important player in the Seahawks. He's been the best player probably since day one. Yeah, I yeah. think it's fair to say that Earl and Sherm were the two that were the best at their position from that, those teams. Like Russ was never the best quarterback. Bobby, probably not the best linebacker. I mean, him and Keekley and a couple of other guys are in there. Um, but yeah, I think Earl is pretty clearly, he's got to be the best safety, right? I don't know who's better. 
during that stretch. And the same for Sherm. Sherm was the best corner in the league for three, four years. Yeah, that's where I was exactly going to go is that team. The best part of that team was the defense. It was a historically great defense. That defense was predicated on safety play first and foremost. Um, the, the pass rush came later. Pass rush, yes, it came in 2013, but 2012, 2011, when it was still the number one ranked scoring defense and number one ranked uh, yards against defense. Yeah, it was. It started with that secondary, and it started with a single high safety that could cover sideline to sideline. And there's nobody else. There's nobody else like Earl, um, really, in the in the league. And there has wasn't really someone super like. I mean, people talk about Ed Reed, and it's not that there's never been great safeties, but Earl's a speed. His his speed. It, it was extremely rare and how he was able and his game speed, uh, the way he was able to play was extremely rare. So I think you could make a case for him being number one. Um, there's probably a case you could make for Marshawn being number one um, or, or, you know, definitely for Russ being number one. I think they, there's a lot there, but he's, he's been a huge part of the, the franchise. He's up there with the Kenny Easley's and um, you know, definitely a, an all time Hawk will be in the ring of honor and, if the Kenny Easley thing smoothed over after all these years, I'm not too concerned that the Earl stuff will will smooth over when it, when the time is right. So, 